Welcome back to United We Stand, Facts Over Feelings, uh, where we bring an authentic, common sense, and practical approach to leveling up your game, America. Um, just a real quick uh, you know, I item here. If you like what you hear and you want to support John and I, please click on the subscribe, uh, subscribe button below and feel free to leave us a comment. Uh, we would be greatly appreciative. I do have my uh, host, John Alexander, who's a lieutenant commander in the United States Navy, and uh, aspiring entrepreneur as well. And before we get going, you know, I, I did the pilot episode, uh, John, uh, a, a few days ago and posted that. Uh, but I really wanted to to take time and, and, you know, have you tell your story, kind of where you've come from, what you're doing now, and and talk about how we actually met. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm just an average guy, right? Uh, grew up middle middle America, middle class family, uh, and had desires to succeed and go uh, do more things, right? Uh, nothing special about me. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. Uh, I wasn't born destitute. I was born with the average American family with parents who worked hard uh, to get me everything I got. I got the U.S. Navy scholarship, got into Virginia Military Institute, studied business there. It just kind of set off, um, you know, serving the country uh, both as a, you know, representative of the military, but now as a citizen. So that's that's a little bit about me, man. All right, good deal. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about what we're uh, we're going to take this, um, but but we'll transition to the topic, right? Because the the topic that we're going to cover off today is something that's near and dear to a lot of folks, right? It's what do you do? How do you start something when you don't have all the information? Um, a lot of times you get into this analysis paralysis stage where you don't have all the answers, you don't know. Um, what the long-term path is. And it's very important for individuals to just start, take that, that next step, right? You don't need to know the next 20 steps. Just taking that next steps is like incredibly important. And I got, a, I got an example from my own personal life that uh, I just wanted to share. And it's regarding my Navy journey, right? How I started in the Navy. I joined the Navy as a direct commissioner officer at, in 2013. I was 36 years old by traditional standards that's way old you're an so old a, fart at that point i am most people I, are I'm getting ready to retire now, just think about this at 38 most of your enlisted forces preparing for or retiring i know i know but i got got the hankering so long long line of military in my family my dad was vietnam sniper uh, my uncle was infantry in Vietnam. My grandfather was Navy. He was on a frigate. And then I have a stepbrother who uh, did full 20 in the U.S. Air Force. So kind of a long, long line of history. Uh, wanted to join the Navy right after 9-11. Uh, I almost quit school a semester early and joined the Air Force. And, um, I, you know, thankfully, cooler heads prevailed. I, I, I stayed in school, finished up my undergrad degree. Uh, back, this is back in Michigan where I lived there. And uh, that, that, that uh, desire to serve kind of stuck with me. And it was one of those things where I, I just, I don't know what it was. I was just overanalyzing it and I just didn't make the decision and, and serendipitous moments in life, right? Where I met individuals over about a decade period where I just met other officers in the Air Force, in the Navy, in the Marines. And somehow we just connected immediately and there was a lot of encouragement from them and even my stepbrother to join in. 
And, and finally, you know, a decade later, I said, well, I'm not getting any younger. Uh, I, I might as well, actually over a decade later, I said, I'm not getting any younger. I might as well join and put my uh, name in the hat and, and come in as a supply corps officer for the Navy, which is, uh, is essentially the business arm of the military. And during this time, I did a lot of stuff, right? Worked in corporate banking, worked in the management consulting, did the, did the business school stuff, did all that fun stuff. Um, but I, I went and made this decision, right? I didn't know what I was going to get into. I didn't have all the answers. I didn't know the overall pathway and what I needed to learn and how I needed to go to basic and all this other schooling. I just know I needed to go ahead and at least get the application process started, do my interviews and see what happens. And thankfully, you know, I mean, it's a primary reason how you and I met, John, right? It's because of the Navy. Absolutely. That's why we're here today. Yeah. And and I put my package in my first go around. I got picked up. And seven years later, here I am still going strong, still on the, on the reserve status with an active duty mobilization overseas in the Middle East for a year, uh, which I completed uh, last year. And the experience has been incredible. Um, but when I made that decision and when I commissioned and I started telling folks that I was going to commission, I didn't have all the answers. Right. And from a internal standpoint, I, I wasn't, you know, there was a lot of nerves there. There was apprehension. I was a little bit nervous what I was going to get into. And that was completely fine. But then there was this external aspects where I had people around me, right. That, that, I mean, in all intents and purposes, right. They, they, they made fun, right. I got kind of the, the fake, um, uh, yeah, salutes and questioning why I wanted to do this. Aren't you too old? You know, um, you know, real quick people who, yeah. who don't, serve or have no idea or intention to serve you know it's really difficult for some of them to understand why you can leave i mean at this time correct me if i'm wrong you're a successful uh young adult in with a career in the civilian world it's hard for them to comprehend why you would risk leaving that behind to go serve a country right and right. And, and that's really hard for them to understand and they they tend to make fun yeah. Yeah. So that it, it was a it, it was weird. Right. It was it was a shock because I figured folks would be like, oh, wow, I, I say this. And, you know, I said this is the path I'm going to go. You know, it is reserves. I can still still do my civilian career. I'm still continuing to expand in that even today. And um, yeah, the the questioning and the the kind of mockery that I got from not from everybody. There's there's definitely folks that were supportive. Don't get me Absolutely. wrong. But there, there were some that while well, I was I was pretty taken back. So, you know, this is something to expect externally when you try to go make big, bold decisions. Um, John, I know you made a lot of big, bold decisions in your oh, yeah. life and right. And you met apprehension and you had the butterflies in your stomach and you didn't have all the answers. So, I mean, for, from your standpoint, you know, and your story and your background, like, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts about making that leap off the diving board, knowing you don't know what you're going to get into? I mean, what, what do you tell uh, an audience here? You know, so I've you know, there's there's really two questions in there is, is you know, how do you get past analysis paralysis? And, one, you know, the other question is, you know, what makes you decide to go jump off a cliff when you don't know what's on the other end? Really, there, you know, there's really two questions there. And I've always wanted to jump off the other side of the cliff because I've got one life to live and I'm always looking for adventure. And 
that helps motivate me to get the next thing done. Because if I just stay in the same place and I know what's going to happen over and over again, I don't get the most out of this life experience. I stay in this nice secluded box, but I really don't know what's outside of the box. So that personally for me, throughout my life, all of the risky, crazy th things that I've done, that's been my motivation is to live life. You live, you know, they say YOLO, right? You know, but to be honest, going out there and trying new things is how you live life. And when you try new things, you don't know how exactly it's going to end. Um, that answers the first part. The second part is analysis paralysis is something I've seen a lot of people get stuck with. I've had some students that I've been teaching and consulting with they get stuck with this. In fact, I would say this is the number one reason startups don't get started or businesses never get off the ground is because people are too worried about failure. And so many people have been successful throughout their life. The prospect of being a failure prevents them from getting started. And that's why I think if you look at it, you'll notice a lot of successful entrepreneurs are serial failures. failures. Oh, yeah. and, and a lot of people that uh, our entrepreneurs come from backgrounds where they met failure a lot and they're not afraid to face failure, stare it in the face and then turn that failure into a success. So that's kind of how I get past analysis paralysis, right? Is you got to look failure in the face and not be afraid of failing. Agreed. Agreed. And, th and there's not even, it's not even really on the entrepreneur space yeah, as no, well, right? This could be academics. Yeah. We, I mean, we see right in the Navy, right? You see commanders and captains, they, they get booted, right? I mean, are the standards for the Navy are incredibly high. And if something goes south and we've seen it in the news and, and the recent, yeah, really in the last couple of weeks, right? We've seen it um, that these individuals get they're deemed failing and they're removed from command, but they don't quit, right? They don't stop. They, they take their medicine. They've learned from it. They, uh, they'll adjust. And then they're going to go on to just dominate whatever, whatever they get next, whatever opportunity uh, happens next. So they, they can't just get um, uh, hung up on that one moment in time where it just didn't go well, or I didn't have all the answers. Stuff happens, move on. Uh, and just keep pushing forward. You know, I think you pointed out something uh, in there or something I noticed is that when it comes to failure, there's society's perspective of what a failure is or the, you know, the social peers around you, what their perspective of failure is. And then you have to have your own definition of what a failure is. If you're out there trying to be an artist or, you know, you, you, whatever dream you're chasing, if you fail a goal or a task you have on the way, society may look at you and say, look, you failed that. You're not going to get there because you failed this task. But to you, you can look at those failures as a learning lesson and as, as a step towards success. It, it's how you look at those failures versus society that can really make a difference. Agreed, agreed. I mean, a, another prime example right now is this podcast, right? I mean, how, how much professional podcasting experience do you uh, have? Zero, still. <laughs> yeah, this is, our, <laughs> this is our first episode. So we're learning as we go, but, but it's, it's important to learn. And, and uh, for, for those listening, right, we, we hope the content is, is, um, is something so worthwhile that you will forgive some of our 
our ebbs and flows as we learn, learn some of the basics and the fundamentals of podcasting. But the moral of the story is you got to go, you got to voice, you got to use it. And, and there's a lot of good, I think, John and I, um, as, as well as some of the individuals that we can bring onto the show can, can provide to, uh, to the listener. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm stoked about this experience. I'm, uh, about this project here, but wrapping that up, right. So the, the topic is we getting started and you don't have all the information that's completely all right. Um, but expect to hit a lot of headwinds, you know, and some of them might be self, right? It might be a lot of it's internally, mm-hmm. right? It's that internal trigger, like what you were talking about before, John, of, of um, uh, setting your standards high. And my standards, I know, are crazy high. Your standards are crazy high of, of, of ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and just, but still being able to push through that and still just one step at a time. You don't need to have it all figured out. Just do a little bit and, and keep progressing to the Absolutely, end goal. Absolutely, man. All the way through. So there was uh, so when, when I went through basic right the direct commission officer and doctoring course in Newport, Rhode Island, um, we had a tagline for our class uh, was, was speed, volume, and intensity. Nice. So I, I love it. I still I still say that phrase: just speed, volume, intensity. Get out there, get out there fast, and just keep going, man. Just overwhelm uh, whatever you're working at at just with with pure intensity and pure discipline. So. Uh, I love that. You know, I I love that saying because in the back of my mind, I've always thought I'm never going to be the smartest person. I might not have the most experience, but give me a hammer and I can still make the best statue you'll ever see. It'll just take a really, really long time. And speed, volume, intensity is that same thing. Like you may not be the most accurate, but if you keep pounding at something, you'll make it. I don't care what it is. You're going that Carolina Panther yeah, keep pounding, keep, right? We both live yeah, in the show. Yeah, keep pounding. <laughs> well, this is good. Um, so, yeah, so, so really the call to action here is stop thinking, start doing, right? That, that's it. If I could boil it down uh, to that, what do you think, John? Like as far as that call to action for anybody listening, what, what do they need uh, to you do? You know, don't be afraid of failure. Like screw failure, man. Like that is the biggest thing that I think – prevents people from reaching their level of potential. It's being afraid of failing. Just, it's okay to fail. You know, fail forward, right? Every time you fail, make progress with that failure and don't be afraid of it. Yeah, fail at more things than most people even try. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, so... Segwaying into to a different okay. topic, right? We're going to get a little bit more on the on the political side, okay. right? So, so just just FYI for those on the phone, um, uh, there has been a lot of. Uh, do you even want to take this? Yeah, topic, I'll John? take I'll take everything. Like, no, uh, I'll pick every topic. Uh, all right. What do you got for us? This so, is the topic so, so, of the day. This so, is the yeah. political topic of yeah, the day. Yeah. <laughs> we need a little bell so, to, to signify the political so, topic of the day. That's it. That's it. Um, so, so we're not, we support giving our positions in the Navy. We'll support whoever, right? We, we commissioned, I commissioned under the Obama administration, supported him, his administration, uh, continue to serve under the Trump administration. And then whoever the next four, eight, 12 years from now, I'll, I'll serve and support that, those indivi- that individual as well. Um, same, you, you commissioned under um, Bush, well, right? Well, I became a midshipman under Bush. And took the uh, 
oath as an officer under Obama. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so a lot of stuff going on with uh, politically, right? The the division, and this is what we're transitioning as it's a little bit different topic, but uh, a lot of stuff going on. You have uh, the incumbent, right? Our, the President Trump right now is is the incumbent, and then we have the the challenger is um, uh, Joe Biden, right? Senator Joe Biden, and he made a comment the other day about, uh, and just just the FYI. I'm, my name, uh, I'm, I'm white. John's John's black guy. So just just FY, um, he made a comment that if you vote, essentially it was it was if you vote any anyone, uh, if you vote for Trump, you're not considered black. What what do you think about that? You know, I think is if you ain't black is his actual quote. <laughs> And he was talking to Charlemagne the God. And if you don't know who Charlemagne the God is, he's a very popular urban radio host. Uh, and he is a emotional genius. He knows how to talk to people and really get them going and get to their core. I mean, this is what he does best. And I just want to talk about the setup of this first. Charlemagne the God is asking him more and more about, you know, what are you going to do for the black vote, right? Because we're concerned. We have issues in our community. How are you going to ensure that you don't take us backwards? You move us forwards. And he was challenging him with some of his past, you know, voting records. And this guy, mm -hmm. Joe, agitated um, or, or, you know, Vice President, former Vice President Biden, uh, agitated. And I think when he got him agitated, he went back and fell back on what he really believed in his mind. When you get agitated, you say things that you really believe. And he really, in that defensive posture, the best thing he could bring out was, well, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. All right. You know, you know, that's, you know, it, it, he <laughs> that's where he, he fell back to. But the question is, is, you know, it's about is it racist? Right. And so I'm going to propose to you, is it racist? Right. Because he spoke about a white guy feeling how what black people should do. Is it racist if a black guy were to say the same thing? No, I don't, I don't think it is, right? Because I look at the, the statement, right? The statement, you ain't black if you vote for Trump, right? Like that, number one, these are mutually exclusive, right? You can be any color you want and vote for whoever you want. That is part of your, <laughs> yeah. your God-given right, right? I mean, that, that is your right as an American citizen. If you want to vote for a pineapple, vote for a pineapple. I mean, that is your right. If that, that individual, whether they're a third party, Republican, Democrat, regardless of your background or race or whatever, um, you vote for whoever you want. So I, I don't think that your race should be challenged based on the direction of where you would vote. Right. It's, it's, it's a way to influence a certain segment or a certain segment of the population to vote a certain path um, that I, I just don't think is justified. I just don't think that's that's a very weak case. That, that is know, my I, opinion on it. It's not that it's just a weak case. I, what it stands for, what it means is what's upsetting to me. Because mm -hmm. what it's saying is that 
I am putting you all in a basket. And whatever that basket is, I'm the best for that basket. How do you know that what my family needs is because my black family needs is as good as that other black family? And, you know, why are you placing this in that basket? At the same time, though, all right, like, you know, I like to play devil's advocate. Black people do this to each other all the time. If you don't do this, you ain't black. If you don't do this, you ain't black. And I will guarantee you right now in American households, before uh, Biden said this, they were going to say, if you vote for Trump, you ain't black. And that's happening around the country. Yeah. And we got to I don't know how you change that narrative because it's more of I'm a logical. Right. You want to make logic. You want to be practical listen to a, listen to somebody's argument, take in all the facts. Don't yeah. just read a headline, um, take in the data and then make a decision. So I know there's folks that probably just don't want to do it. Don't have time to do it. Uh, maybe mentally can't do it right in some cases, but it, it's very important to, you know, it, it, it's very important to make sure that you're not it's it's like it's it's like trying to like strike an emotional chord with somebody to get them to act that's what he was way, trying you know to do. what i mean that that's how that's how i see it like let me go ahead and strong arm you exactly and let me attack on an emotional standpoint so you you i can sway your opinion to my desired outcome so and i just I, fundamentally i just think that again the, that's and right. the reason that came out is because charlemagne the god put him in that corner of desperation where he felt that he needed to use the strong arm tactic. You know, he also got a great uh, situation out of Hillary Clinton. Um, uh, He asked her several years ago when she was running, you know, what do you carry around with you in in your purse? And she said, oh, I carry hot sauce. And he was like, stop pandering to black people. (laughs) Like, he's not he's not dumb. Yeah, he he knew exactly what she was doing. And you can't. And that's what Biden tried to do. And he got caught up and he got nervous. But this this is this is concerning to me because what what does this mean for our country? Right. Like, what does this mean when race is this big, hot topic, man? Like, why is race still this big, hot topic? I mean, I know why, but I'm saying, like, why have we not fixed this yet, man? Well, why is because it, it sways votes. It, it determines outcomes. It determines election. Right? Like it that it does that uh, by again pushing into that emotional standpoint and and pushing an outcome or pushing an agenda. When reality, right? You and I both know, right? We how many how many people, how many different backgrounds, races, sexual orientation, religions. We I don't care what every you are. Day and we still I don't care this what one you unit. Are. Yeah, just get your job done. Yeah. Just get it done. Let's accomplish the mission. And if we had more individuals in this country that had that type of mindset, it's not about you individually, right? You have individual liberties and, and, and rights, absolutely. But thinking about more about the community, thinking about more of your neighbor, thinking about more of the country and how we can move forward as a unit, not as just one individual who wants to do something. Like, I, I just think we got like a big divide there that I, I'm not really sure how we how we fix it. Um, you, it's a great question. You know question. what? I, I really think it's funny and, and is that a lot of people run for the black boat 
but they don't have policies that will help out the black community. I've always thought that interesting is that it when when you say pandering for the vote, that's it's exactly what they, they're doing because Biden's record absolutely is against African-American communities, right? The mass incarceration, drugs, things of that nature. He was in Congress when he was voted for. Now, mind you, this does not reflect how I will vote, right? Whether it's Trump or whatever, I talk about everybody. Um, I'm an equal opportunity hater. I have the certificates, okay? I've got the badges. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity hater. It doesn't matter who, who's ever up next, I'll take you down. But but seriously, the, like there's no policies to help out. And so it's all empty promises, right? And I will give uh, President Trump credit for one thing. In his administration, he has held light towards wrong or false or unjust incarceration of African-Americans. And he's done that multiple times, whether it's through Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, God forgive me for saying those names, but he has, <laughs> he has. And I don't think he's, I don't know if he does that for the vote or if he does that because he cares, but I don't know if, I don't believe that Biden will have the same policies. I don't, I really don't believe that he will, will care once he's in office because he's the very same, uh, congressman that initiated those policies to have people locked up like that. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. There's, um, you know, I know we're getting it, getting a little bit, uh, swirling on these topics, but it, I mean, it's good stuff. It's a good conversation because, because what, what I right going through JPME, right. You had to do the, the So for, those that don't know what JPME, it's Joint Professional Military Education Phase 1. It's part of being a junior officer, um, which in 01, which is an ensign up to about a lieutenant commander, you, you need to go through this, this learning um, cycle. And it's approximately eight, that's probably about, about a two-year program really to, to get through it all. And it talks a lot about uh, national security strategy, military strategy, how the different forces work together. One of the outcomes that we needed to look at was it was a national security strategy, right, for uh, the administration. And when we had to go through and read it and it talked about all the different threats out there and action plans behind it was some some um, some really some steps that needed to be occurred that needed to occur to address these threats out there. And they were wide ranging. You could it's a public document. You could find it. Um, but I will say, right, the Trump administration is incredibly effective at getting things done, like incredibly effective. So whether it's the approach is presidential or non-presidential, right, that's that's up for debate. But as far as getting a desired outcome, um, this is it's incredible. Right. But it takes a very business mindset towards it. Right. I need to achieve this this result in this amount of time. Go. Let's make it happen. So, you know, I like that I'm going to just. We're going to talk about leadership right there. And I've got to chime in. I've got to chime in. So uh, having done multiple deployments as a leader, I've realized that as a leader, you can say things and get stuff done quick, fast, and in a hurry. But when you do that, and each time you do that, you have to be careful about what you sacrifice as far as respect and admiration from your people. And you may get the first few things done, 
But when you really need to, when you really need to call upon them to do something outrageous, to fight an uphill battle with fixed bayonets, are they still going to trust you when that one happens? Right. I can't remember the story. I believe it was a Civil War story uh, about a general who had to or a commander who had to do just that. And he had to tell his men, he said, I know the guys on the upside of this hill, they're less motivated than you. I know we've just got bayonets, but they haven't had time to fix their bayonets. And we're going to go ahead and take this hill. Do you have in your reservoir of respect and admiration enough to make those kind of calls? You can get the daily stuff done. You can tell them to go build this fence or swab the decks. But when you really need to hold your country together, can you unify the country? And and I think that's why the current and, you know, not to go on a tangent, but I think this is why this current crisis we have uh, is so difficult because there's not a unifying voice because we didn't have that opportunity. You remember 9-11 very well, uh, uh, a crisis that. Oh, yeah. It took over a thousand lives. And, you know, this crisis we're in right now is taking much more than that. And we are nowhere near a united front. President Bush uh, went to the the site and he spoke to the, to the people there at the site and he spoke to America and he unified us because he didn't use his reservoir of respect and admiration liberally just to get things done. So I'm going to kind of leave you with that thought right there. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I know we're pushing, we're pushing here past the half hour. So I wanted to, to wreck We got a few topics here that we could like go on another podcast and just talk for yeah. another half hour, 45 minutes. I don't even have, whisk, I don't uh, even have whiskey. Around the leadership topic. It, so it could be a lot longer. So we'll uh, we'll just do a real quick recap on our first our very first podcast. Number one, stop thinking, Absolutely. start doing. Uh, number number three, right regarding the comment, it, it's it's you're not an individual, or you're an individual, you're not a group. So so use your own judgment and use your own thinking to uh, make a decision that you feel is best for you and your family and those around you. Absolutely. Would, you would you agree on that one Absolutely. for number two? And what, what's our third takeaway here? I know there's a third one, but you know, speed, fail forward, intensity. speed, volume, intensity gets everything done. That's it. That's it. So this is a, yeah, this is a great, great first episode. Really appreciate it. So if you guys like what you heard and you want to support us, please click on the subscribe button and leave us a comment. We are going to be on Spotify on of course, Apple, Apple tunes, and then we're using this platform called anchor as well. So thank you guys very much. Uh, take action, level up your game, America. We definitely need you. Thank you.